Hello, and welcome to Patrizia Real Insights Editor's Picks, the podcast where we read aloud two key articles from eStatements, Patrizia's twice-yearly magazine shining a light on the key topics within the real asset sector. I'm Ed Whitaker from Patrizia, a leading partner for global real assets. The first eStatements of 2023 has now arrived on desks across the globe. In today's episode of Editor's Picks, we feature our two lead articles that take a deep dive into the world of real estate as the sector grapples with a new macroeconomic environment. First up, we share an article exploring why Patrizia believes 2023 is the year of value-add strategies when considering investments in real estate. As the world pivots from crisis to crisis, or as some call it, entering a state of permacrisis, what does this change mean for real estate investors? Our Restatements article examines the shift to higher-octane investment strategies with Patrizia's Head of International Fund Management, Paul Hampton, and Radu Mercia, an Investment Strategy and Research Director at Patrizia. These are, it has to be said, dramatic times. No sooner than most of the world was starting to emerge from the long shadow of the COVID-19 pandemic, it was confronted with another crisis. As a result of Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine, energy costs started spiralling last year, causing havoc in economies worldwide. Inflation was already going to be an issue, but the war, by far the largest in Europe since World War II, made the situation far worse. In response, central banks, notably the Federal Reserve in the US, the European Central Bank and the Bank of England, started increasing the interest rates far more quickly than would otherwise have been the case. This led to a repricing of the fixed income and public equity markets and a great deal of immediate pain for those with tracker mortgages, and continues to do so as fixed rate mortgage periods come to an end. In such circumstances, it would be easy to be pessimistic for the wider real estate market. However, this environment will also create interesting opportunities, as rising interest rates have triggered an ongoing market correction in the European real estate market. The number of buyers and sellers actively involved in deal-making was at decade low in quarter four. Values have started adjusting, but with bearish signals from the listed market and more interest rate hikes expected, further adverse valuation movements are likely in H1 2023. This, however, should also have higher octane opportunities than were previously available in Europe, although the dynamic will naturally play out differently in different geographies. Specifically, it is already apparent that there will be an overcorrection in some markets, which creates a window of opportunity for investors, especially value-add investors. Moreover, faced with the challenge of refinancing in a much higher rate environment, highly leveraged owners may have to choose between selling or injecting more equity. This will exacerbate the market correction in certain segments. Three areas in particular, Grade A, CBD offices, industrial and alternatives, stand out, particularly in major urban areas with strong demand fundamentals and a relative lack of quality supply. When it comes to the office sector, most European stock is somewhat dated at this point in time, especially compared to the North American market. Concurrently, what most corporates want from their offices has been changing for some time, a trend only accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. The majority of big companies may want less space these days due to the fact that most white-collar professionals no longer work full-time in the office, 
Still, they want higher quality space in the best locations to lure workers back to the office in order to foster collaboration and creativity. The ESG, Environmental, Social and Governance, and Wellbeing Credentials of Buildings is a significant factor here, in part to motivate staff, but increasingly important for all stakeholders, investors, occupiers and planners. Increasingly, regulatory concerns will also be an issue, and thus, the need to upgrade European properties is becoming critical. Data from Savills, for instance, indicate that more than 80% of office stock in London is below EPCB, the level anticipated to be required by 2030. Inevitably, it is increasingly evident that greener properties increasingly command higher values. MSCI data suggests that office buildings with sustainability ratings are achieving substantial and growing sales premiums in cities such as London and Paris. Yet this trend is increasingly widespread across Europe. A similar dynamic is playing out in other sectors, not least when it comes to industrial and residential rental performance. As a result, there is an opportunity to acquire undermanaged office assets that are underpriced and invest in bringing them up to modern standards, especially from an environmental perspective. There are some important caveats here, however. Retrofitting existing structures to a high environmental standard is an expensive business, especially when everything from materials to labour is getting more expensive. Inflation might be forecast to fall this year, but the price hikes seen during 2022 are now baked into the equation for the foreseeable future. It is therefore incumbent on investors to leverage top-down research and data analytics together with the experience of the teams on the ground to ensure that a value-add approach is viable. In short, decision makers must be confident and have a good reason to be convinced that acquisition and retrofit costs will be more than compensated for the anticipated increase in rents and capital value. On the positive side, we expect the flight to quality to continue. Tenants will increasingly move from obsolete stock into grade A. Sustainable assets and market fundamentals are supportive. Core CBD locations have vacancy rates of 5% across Europe, supporting the rental growth for grade A space. Quality of amenities, location and ESG credentials will be increasingly important. With persistently low vacancy rates for major logistics hubs, the outlook for occupancy and rents remains strongest among mainstream sectors. The more cautious approach from developers amidst several headwinds, financing costs and construction costs, should further restrict supply and support the medium-term rental outlook. From a pricing standpoint, the sector is in a period of price discovery. Still, the prospects for rental outlook and capturing the embedded reversion will continue to drive investment performance for the sector. Scarce availability of land in growing cities and increased demand bolstered by e-commerce and alternative uses, self-storage, data centres, film studios, etc. should continue to support the long-term rental outperformance of urban industrial. In the US, industrial rental growth has been consistently high during the past 5-10 to 10 years and exceptionally high in the past 2 years. Europe is now seeing similar growth. The reason for that is simple enough. E-commerce may have grown enormously in Europe, indeed around the world as a result of the pandemic, on top of natural market evolution. However, the e-commerce penetration rate still lags behind the US in many countries, and there is an expectation that the gap will narrow. 
Increased demand cannot be explained by e-commerce alone, however. As a result of supply chain disruption, primarily caused by the pandemic but also the war in Ukraine and Brexit, among other factors, required inventory levels in European industrial assets have increased and are likely to remain high. Companies are looking to diversify suppliers and source parts and materials closer to home, further increasing demand. Crucially, availability remains very limited, particularly in supply-constrained urban areas. All of this adds to upwards pressure on rents, which will ultimately support capital values, even if the market is currently experiencing a price correction owing to interest rate rises. Finally, alternatives including healthcare, life sciences, self-storage and data centres also offer a source of opportunities for savvy investors, not least due to the fact that there is a relative pricing advantage in Europe where they are less established compared to the US. Here, the life sciences sector is particularly interesting from an investor's perspective. The sector is already well established in the US where it has seen relative outperformance over the previous cycle and it is already evident that momentum is building in Europe. Yes, there has been a recent hiatus in venture capital funding but leasing activity should remain on a sustained upward trend given the structural trends underpinning demand. Quite simply, the region is playing catch up. All in all, we are at the beginning of a new real estate cycle. Amidst expectations of structurally higher interest rates and significant ongoing repricing, European real estate is starting to offer good relative value. Having the ability to translate observable opportunities into successful investments is a different thing entirely. For years, many investors and fund managers have been content to acquire commercial assets and watch as both rents and capital values grow. However, that is no longer the world we live in. With the leveraged beta window now closed, the ability to reposition assets and grow income through active asset management will be critical for generating enhanced returns. We have now entered an asset management cycle. When it comes to a value-add strategy, Patrizia benefits enormously from having what we believe to be an unrivaled pan-European real estate platform and a team that has proven itself over multiple cycles. We have in-house operating and development teams across 19 offices in the continent. Our team is made up of seasoned professionals with a combined total of over 48 years experience in the industry. We are proud to have team members like Paul Hampton, Head of International Funds at Patrizia, and Charles Nicholas Tarrier, Managing Director Fund Management, who bring a wealth of knowledge and expertise to the table. With 24 years and 15 years respectively at Patrizia, they are a testament to the longevity and commitment of our team. Additionally, our team is diverse and represents multiple nationalities, ensuring a broad range of perspectives and approaches to our results. As a result of its consistent hard work and meticulous approach, Patrizia can be proud of a strong track record. Since 2007, our value-add funds have delivered an average of 20% IRR, initial rate of return, each year from investments in 14 European countries, something that has only been possible due to an active approach to asset management and sound, conviction-led market calls. 
So, while the world is undoubtedly facing a great deal of uncertainty, we firmly believe that the situation also presents opportunities for those able to recognise and execute them. At Patrizia, we can point to a history of solid performance and have the in-house capabilities for both identifying attractive investment opportunities and creating value post-acquisition in this new cycle. The time for value-add investment really is now. Staying with the theme of value-add, our second article takes a closer look at the expected impact of higher interest rates on the real estate market. With investors finding themselves in a very different environment today, Mardi McCrane, Patricia's Head of Global Investment Strategy, Research and Investment Solutions, highlights a potential dual funding gap of rising debt and decarbonisation costs, which could trigger a wave of property sales. Real estate investors find themselves in a very different environment today than they have been in the last two decades. While cheap debt fueled much of the returns in the sector over the last 20 years, interest rates have risen sharply in recent years, while inflation is clocking in at levels not seen since the 1990s. For investors, this means they can no longer rely on yield compression for returns, as Patricia states in a recent report titled Managing Real Estate in the New Norm. Instead, they will need to refocus their attention on income. But in a world where inflation is high and recessions are looming in many parts of the world, it is a tricky balance to achieve income growth while maintaining rent affordability for tenants at the same time. Income resilience will be key in this new norm. Mardi Mokrane, Head of Global Investment Strategy, Research and Investment Solutions at Patrizia says... Leveraged core is gone despite sound fundamentals in most markets, meaning that anything that uses high levels of leverage to acquire assets, we think, will be gone for quite some time. This then means that the focus is going to be on income resilience. This means income that can genuinely offer inflation hedging. The next two years will be particularly challenging for many investors, as a large volume of transactions closed in the last five to seven years will start coming up for refinancing. With debt today being much more expensive to service than in the past, this could push some investors to sell their assets, believes Mardi. He says, We think the market will see dislocation in some areas, particularly linked to two key factors. One is debt refinancing. Many assets that were bought four or five years ago will have to be refinanced again and some of them will probably not be able to get the additional equity required to lower the LTV, loan to value ratio, in a world where interest rates are higher. He continues, the second is that a number of these assets will need capital expenditure, capex, to remain relevant in the current context. So there will be opportunities in discounted core because of the denominator effect in debt, as well as the need for value-add strategies. Mardi says research indicates that in the UK alone, more than £60 billion of real estate debt will need to be refinanced over the next two years, while in the rest of Europe an even greater quantum is to be expected. Mardi continues, Anything that was part of the last four, five, six years of transactions is coming up for refinancing and will have to do so in a very different environment. This will lead to the emergence of motivated sellers and we're already seeing signs of this. I'm not talking necessarily about full-fledged distress, but if you do some simple calculations and take an asset that had 60 to 65% leverage, then the banks will tell you that the value is probably 10 to 15% off 
and they are now only willing to lend only 50% of the value. Now, that requires a quantum of equity to be re-injected, which is quite substantial. Although the investment environment is much more challenging going forward for those investors who have spent time and effort understanding their key tenant base, the upcoming volatility might provide some interesting opportunities, but it requires a thorough understanding of tenants' needs and demands and a repositioning of those assets that do not live up to modern standards. Marty explains, We really spent a lot of time understanding the location and how it relates to the tenant demand. We use our amenities magnet 15 minutes report, which we developed for residential, but it also has a lot of relevance for offices. In this, we capture every single amenity that is in 10 to 15 minutes cycling or walking distance from an office asset that we are looking at repositioning because there are clear correlations between the quality of those amenities and tenant demand. For example, we use the geocoded positioning of a bakery, kindergarten, restaurant, pub, doctor surgery or different types of retail. We capture all of that and we try to make sense of it and see how it correlates to demand and ultimately to real estate performance, including rents, vacancy and speed of leasing. We've done a lot of work in residential because in the past that is where we had the bulk of our portfolio, but we've expanded it now to a number of other commercial property types. But the amenities that matter for residential are not necessarily the same for offices. Some of them overlap, but many don't. For example, the presence of restaurant and catering offerings is more important for offices than having retail offerings such as grocery stores. Sometimes the research finds gaps in the local offering of amenities and in selected cases, Patricia might decide to dedicate space within their assets to fill these gaps and open a daycare, retail offering or even a library in a building, for example. To understand tenants' needs fully, Patricia has developed research capabilities that pull in data from not just traditional real estate metrics, but increasingly also from sources previously not considered. For example, the team looks at metrics such as air pollution and noise levels. Marty says air quality or noise is relevant to offices, but is far more important for residential tenants. So we've designed those tools to cater for different needs and different property types. For example, more recently, we've developed tools to measure the catchment area for urban and big box logistics. It's a combination of the number of households in a given drive time combined with their purchasing power. And we've developed a similar type of approach for retail. The models are continuously improved and increasingly incorporate data from new sources, including the Internet of Things or buildings. Marty explains, we talk and engage with our tenants and it's this human interaction that enables us to better understand their current and future requirements and needs. But we can even go one step further and have our assets speak to us. The Internet of Things is nothing other than putting in place systems that are not too costly and feed you with information about how a space is being used. What is the flow of tenants coming in and out of the building? What are the peak times? Which areas of the building are intensely used? And which areas of the building are neglected? In which areas of the building can you actually turn off the lights? In which areas do you not need heating? There are quite a number of initiatives that you can engage with to optimise the use of the building and its energy consumption. With an increased focus on the green credentials of buildings and a need to decarbonise assets, this data is becoming more important and Mardi says the team is finding increasingly more areas that allow for improvements to be made.
He continues, Our infrastructure teams put sensors in water systems in different cities, and they have contracts with cities to identify leakages. There are billions of gallons of water leaked every year, even in a country like the UK. You just realise how much you can save because it takes a lot of energy, effort and cost to transform wastewater into drinkable water again. In 2020, Patricia established its own smart building technologies platform, which focuses solely on improving the efficiency of building systems, including heat, water, electricity, and lighting systems. It also seeks to reduce waste and increase the efficiency of resource usage, including the use of water and gas. Marty says, in many ways, you need to convince your tenants to ride with you on that journey and accept sharing information on the way they use their premises space to help them optimize the space. Because ultimately, if you help them make a saving, then that creates more willingness to pay for the space and the service that comes with it in the future. Decarbonisation and energy efficiency are not only driven by investors themselves, but European legislation is also pushing for tighter rules around energy efficiency in buildings. At the end of 2021, a number of changes were introduced to the EU Energy Performance of Buildings Directive, which proposed that European Union member states introduce minimum energy performance standards by 2027. It also enshrined a definition of what zero emission buildings look like. If the changes to the directive are approved, then these new requirements will put additional requirements for capex spend on investors. Marty says, The capex required to meet energy efficiency standards alone is enormous. We're talking about potentially 7 trillion euros of retrofit in Europe alone for the whole built environment in the region. Although most of this will be spent on residential buildings, there is still a fair amount required to retrofit offices, logistics, retail and hotel buildings. In anticipation of stricter energy efficiency rules, certified green buildings have started to attract premiums, as Marty reveals. He says, you now see increasing evidence of green premiums or brown discounts in the market. We have seen this both in our own portfolios and across the market with premiums of up to 20 to 25% for green certified assets, particularly in the London office market, but also in other markets such as Paris, Frankfurt and Berlin. That premium is great because it enables you to better underwrite your capex programs, so value-add propositions are really going to be interesting as assets come to the market in the next few years. In the past, green premiums were not really priced into the market, but Mardi sees more and more evidence of this during discussions with its lenders. Patricia has a network of more than 240 lending relationships in Europe, and questions are being raised on future green spending. Mardi says, there is a pattern by which they now systematically ask, what is your plan in terms of capex and regulations? Do you have that priced? Do you have the right capex quantum? Mardi believes that this will only accelerate the decision to sell properties by investors who can't or are not willing to spend the money to modernise their assets. He says, many today that have to refinance and inject more equity just to cater for higher interest rates will look forward and say, well, I will also need to put in even more equity in the future to fund those capex programs. The two combined, higher costs of debt and higher capex to fund retrofits, may lead to decisions to simply just sell the asset now. You've been listening to The Dual Funding Gap. Debt costs and decarbonisation can see accelerated property sales. And before that, why 2023 is the year of value add from our latest edition of Estatements. 
The magazine is published on our website, so head over to patrizia.ag to read all the articles in full, which include pieces on bioenergy's role in the energy transition and the resilience of infrastructure debt. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.